Whereas the dangerous space to be is like, you feel empty, you're sat on the sofa, you're like, shit, I can't sit in this space, it feels horrible, I feel mm. empty, I don't feel alive, I feel uninspired, I don't feel on purpose. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and ICF certified women's life coach, and I help women to harness the power of their period and connect to their feminine flow. In these episodes, we will be talking about all things periods, hormones, confidence, health, food, money, sex, business, feminine flow, your brain, energy, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new chicken nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Hi friends, welcome back. So this is a really good episode with my friend Ben. Uh, the Naked Professor on Instagram is what his name is. Um, so go follow him. We were talking all about ego and like for men more so, but it's also like valuable for women and just for, you know, as women to understand. Um, but really helping men to men to like understand that when they're operating from their ego all the time, they're not going to have that deep sense of fulfillment. And that's why a lot of people, and this is women as well, like just people that are operating from their ego, they'll have all these, they'll be hitting all these achievements, but they won't actually feel a deep sense of satisfaction. And I talk about this sometimes with like money and business of like, I've got money goals, business goals, X, Y, and Z. But when I hit that goal and I've hit one actually today, I woke up to it this morning and I was like, oh my God. Um, and I will celebrate it in Paris and you guys will see it on my Instagram story because I leave tomorrow. Point being is that, um, you know, it's, it doesn't make or break me when I hit money goals because I don't operate my business from my ego. It's from a deep sense of like soul nourishment. And so it's nice to hit goals, but it doesn't make the goals don't like make me then have a good day, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, for a lot of people that really operate from the ego or are, and a lot of the, a lot of the time you don't even know that you're operating from your ego, but for those people that are operating from their ego and getting this like external sense of satisfaction, um, satisfaction all the time, what can then happen is they hit all their goals that they want to achieve. And they actually feel a sense of like emptiness in their body and like, huh, what is life meant to be? Like, is this all there is kind of thing? And it can then, you know, it often will happen heavily in Korea. Um, and then it will, uh, kind of leak into your relationships, friendships, um, intimacy, that kind of stuff. So this is a really great episode for everybody to listen to. And if you are a woman wanting your man to listen to this, remember guys making him listen to it or making him listen to it or like being like, Oh, you should listen to this. Isn't going to, isn't going to invite him into doing this work. What you want to do, I say this all the time. If you want him to listen to it, just play this in the car together or play this whilst cooking dinner and it will plant the seed. And even if it takes a year for him to get into the work, it will plant the seed okay do not force anybody to get into this work you need to let them do it off their own like free will kind of thing anyway i will love you and leave you guys there i'm off to paris tomorrow so make sure you're following my instagram stories so you can get all the vibes and then i go to saint tropez and then back to paris um and uh, yeah i'm really excited you know living the dream and i manifested it all myself and if you're wanting to learn how to manifest and you know, fix your money mindset and all that jazz, definitely go check out Magic Money Manifestation. It's one of my lower cost offerings. Um, and you can do level one, which is like $197. And then you can jump to level two. Or if you've already worked with me before, then just jump straight to level two. If you've done one of my programs, like Feminine as Fuck Mastermind, Queen Alchemy or Baba, just jump to level two. But um, everything that I te- everything that I teach in there, I embody. And I like watch the, my modules myself because they're really fucking good. So go and listen to, go and grab that if you want to. Otherwise, tune into my Instagram stories over the weekend and enjoy this episode with Ben. Well, like, I'm sure in the one I was listening to, you dropped the mic. 
Like oh, I did. It. it was just the moment where I was like getting turned on that I dropped it. Oh, Pro- was it probably. this? This? No, it was a different one. Different. I was in New York and like okay. I went over to Dom's house and he set it all up. But yeah. was it that part two? Yeah, yeah part where two. I, yeah. Where I said it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were like, it was a heated episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was yeah. like two hours long, hence the part oh, two. was it? Okay. That's right, how it was right, part two because that was part one before that. Got you, got you. Anyway. Okay. Everybody, this is Ben. Oh, we're and in. Ben, we're already starting. Okay. Oh, shit. It did fall over. That's fine. Okay. So we are here today, actually Ben is, oh fuck, Ben is here today to talk all about masculinity, pulling back the facade, ego, his story, all that jazz. We're going to make it obviously really relatable to all the very common, quote unquote, normal dudes as per usual. So for all the ladies listening, this is going to be a good one for your partner. And for all the men listening, this is a good one for you basically. So Ben, can you tell us your story? I can. I've already learned that they're swearing in this episode because that was like your second word. Mrs. Oh, really? I, I don't even rem- I don't even know when I swear anymore. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> there you go. They, there we go. Um, so my, my story. Um, I never know where to start with this, but basically, I guess I was one of those normal dudes, and I guess that's why I love having this conversation because um, I've lived two different lives. Really, the first thirty years, and then I'm thirty-eight now. Um, the first thirty years ticked all the boxes, kind of usual story you know it was yep. girls it was parties it was money that was all the chase and generally it looked like I was doing pretty well you know um, uh, the only issue in my life really um, was probably to say that I struggled with sex I struggled to orgasm in sex and it was that that at age 30 led me to seek change I was like do you know what kind of the lads have called this a gift for 20 for my 20s and it was mm-hmm. kind of all kind of playful and a bit of a laugh at uni and all this kind of stuff but at 30 I was like do you know what I want to get into a sexually fulfilling relationship I'd love to have kids one day this isn't really working out for me anymore so um, I opened my eyes to, to this opportunity of kind of right how can I change this I lived with a professional rugby player at the time and he was trying to get over an injury and he started seeing a hypnotherapist because this injury in theory was gone like the doctors were saying you're sorted but he, every time he went to the pitch he was like this is not working Yeah. so I was like well hang on a minute if, if he's seeing a hypnotherapist mm. like and my eyes are open to this like should I be exploring so I remember like maybe my first sort of touch of vulnerability was to sit down with this this lady the hypnotherapist and say hey um bit of a weird one but this is what I've got going on what do you reckon and she was like yeah absolutely so um as I said to you earlier I thought she was just going to teach me like a lot of sex tricks and I was going to be sorted <laughs> and I was like this is gonna be awesome <laughs> And, uh, if Cover Sutra, here you go. <laughs> exactly. It's like amazing. Um, who knew she had all this up her sleeve as well? The reality was is that she was going to strip me of, of, of like the masks that I'd learned to put on, the person that I had learned to become, and she was going to return me back into my most authentic, kind of most, I guess, um, truthful version of myself and teach me to be vulnerable, teach me to feel teach me about connection, love. Like, I'd never known how to love. I'd never known how to connect with anyone. All this kind of stuff. And if she said that to me at the beginning, I'd have probably been like, yeah, no, you're right, thanks. And it's just not not that kind of person. Yeah. Not for me. So thanks, but no thanks. But I didn't know that. I thought I was going to learn about sex, so I went with it. And then um, bit by bit, she was, you know, I'm rapping all this stuff. And I was like, cool, interesting, but when are we going to get to the sex bit, you know? And like time when just went by. <laughs> yeah, well, like I don't think it's that relationship, but you know, when am I going to learn some new stuff? And then um, it got to the point where I was like, I don't know if we're actually going to get to the sex bit, but I'm kind of liking what we're doing here. I never thought this stuff was me, but this is pretty interesting. And like I was learning stuff like to, to tell my mum I loved her, 
never told her I loved her. Oh, wow. And I love, she, my mum's an incredible woman. I have an amazing relationship with her, but I never, she couldn't bring myself to tell her, to tell her I love her. Okay. I've got, I've got brothers and similar for them. And just was like, okay, I'm, I kind of hated like telling my mum I loved her mm-hmm. when I did. It was really challenging my ego. I was like, is this you, Ben? Like, this doesn't feel right. This feels really okay. painful. You sure you want to be doing this? Yeah. But when I did it, it like at a deeper level, I was like, I'm really glad I did that. Okay. I feel something inside of me now, I, like there was a bit of a release and I'm, I'm proud I, I shared it with her and yeah. to know that she felt it and she heard me say it. I was like, that does feel underneath it or underneath the pain and the, the sort of awkwardness. Yeah. That feels like the right thing to do. So I was like, okay, maybe this is good stuff. Like, let's just follow and this is going to... Eventually, I don't mean to link this with me telling my mum I love her that I hoped it was going to lead me to orgasm. Mm. But, <laughs> um, like I was hoping, this was all part of the journey. Yeah. And um, so that was when I was 30. So eight years on, like, that journey continued with a coach. I then trained to become a coach because I was like, well, hang on a minute. If I've learned to change myself, yeah, I was as shut off and as emotionally close as, as, as anyone is. Yeah. And if I can learn to be in the space, and if I'm enjoying it, then I want to help other men get into this space because... Um, it feels better. So what did your ego feel like? Like how do men know they're in their ego? Because a lot of them don't know that they're actually like operating from an egotistical place. Yeah. Like we need to like re-understand what that means. Because like most people it's like my ego. What was it for you? Well, I had no idea. I thought ego was, was, I thought I was completely unegotistical because my ego shrunk me my ego kept me quiet mm. my ego was, was was scared of showing up and rather than trying to be the the, the center of attention and be like yeah. the dominant figure in the room yeah that a lot of people's egos do do yeah for me it said no stay quiet don't don't be judged like okay. shrink hide try yeah. and conform try and fit in that's interesting because i feel like a lot of people think ego is exactly. you got to be some loud fucking person in the room and be yeah. really cocky but actually you don't need to be no, like your, but your ego can keep you really small because yeah. your ego fundamentally is trying to keep you safe. Yeah, and it's seeking exactly. like it, it, it wants to avoid embarrassment and failure, rejection, like so like that can show up in different forms. So for lots of people, like they're like, shit, I can't fail. I need to be make sure I show up super confident, super brash. Yeah. don't take any shit. That's yeah. gonna be me. For other people, it's like, God, I can't fail, so I'm not even gonna try. Yeah, okay. and they shrink, and that's okay. their ego too in yep. the same way so you, we need to understand that ego is, is the way I, I perceive it is it's a computer inside of my head that tries to keep me safe mm. and it's, it's, it's taken on all the experiences that I had in my life it's, it's seen and listened to everything that I've had it's seen where I felt pain it's seen where I felt trauma and it said hey I'm going to steer you away from that stuff in the future yeah. so um, that's our ego is way more than what we think it is and it's not just about being egotistical it's, yeah. it's about trying to keep you safe in loads of different ways and yeah. um yeah, so um, your ego is, is, is fundamentally, it's the voice inside your head that talks to you. You know, like when you, you, you get an opportunity to say, um, your, your ego might say, hey, you're not good enough, don't try and do mm. that. You know, yeah. that voice that says, it senses you're a bit nervous, a bit scared of doing something. You yeah. know, like you might have a, a speaking gig or you might have a new coaching client or something and your ego will say, hey, I can sense you're a bit nervous about this. I'm going to tell you you're not good enough because if I tell you you're not good enough, you won't try and do it. It's literally a biological way to keep us safe. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's yeah. like, I feel like people also, they demonize the ego a lot and that doesn't yeah. help the problem because you're demonizing biology and like you're, you're wired to keep yourself safe. So it's trying to work for you, but you need to be able to differentiate when am I actually in danger, which is majority of the time, not, of the, not, not a lot of the time. And then when am I actually safe and I'm keeping myself small. So what were the, like, what, 
what was like, besides your turning point that like got you out of your ego, what were some of the things that you were doing pre getting out of ego that now looking back on, this is a really roundabout question that now looking back on, you were like, that was my ego and I was not being true to myself that would be relatable for other men. Everything. My life was driven by my ego. Everything okay. I did. So like a, a really simple way of explaining it, I'd say is my ego is... Yeah, no worries. My ego is fundamentally driven by instant gratification. So like, you know, if we're getting some kind of instant hit of feeling like, I call it happy, but like a buzz of gratitude, not gratitude, but a buzz of like pleasure, yeah. like, like a night out, for example. Our ego is like, this is great. You're enjoying it. This is brilliant. We need more of that stuff. More mm. of, like it's an easy, our ego will lead us to addiction. Um... So I was all the time just constantly seeking instant validation, uh, instant gratification, okay. validation, success, like anything that could um, give my ego some kind of fix that made it feel safe. So money, girls, anything that conformed, anything that succeeded, mm. anything that, that where I wasn't failing or I wasn't embarrassing myself, mm. which was pretty much every, how I showed up all day, every day. So for the average dude, then yeah. what can they be doing you're going to give every trick in the books, but like, what are some things that you feel like people need, to, men need to know so that they can start to at least like be open to the idea that I want more and it's not like weird or lame or weak to like do this work. Cause that's really hard for their ego to be like, okay, actually yeah, yeah. I want to get out of my ego. Yeah. That's, that's probably the thing that, that when you're most trapped in your ego is when you least want to do this yeah. work. You know, um, that's the irony. Someone who probably doesn't need to do it as much is more open. Yeah. And I go, okay, let's investigate. Your ego doesn't want change for yeah. starter. So like, um, like our e the, 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 one of the things that makes our ego so successful and so um, us so attached to it is that it's incredibly stubborn. Mm. Like it does. This is not a click your fingers. Oh, now I understand that. I'm not not attached to my ego. Like this, you have to, this is, you know, for me, it's taken eight, nine years work, like yeah. to constantly, and I'm still, it, the, the work continues. Fundamentally, what, what I try and do is really differentiate between the different energies in my body. So the way I do it is separate and really learn like what my deepest values are, what mm -hmm. really matter to me. So I used the example earlier on of, of telling my mum I loved her. Yeah. Now that threatened my ego because my ego's perception um, was, Ben, you need to be strong, tough, unemotional. So that's who you are. That's who I need you to be to stay safe, to conform in, in this society, for yeah. you to be accepted by your peers and the people yeah. around you. So um, do that. Yeah. So when I started, but, but there's something inside of me that said, but Ben, you love your mum. Yeah. Like she's amazing. So an entirely different energy. There was this conflict within me. So yeah. for me, it was like starting to differentiate between those two spaces. And it was like, okay, what is that thing that, that's saying you love your mum? And what is the thing that's, saying no Ben you need to be this certain way I learned that that was my ego yeah and I learned like for me it's my heart that that loves that's connect that's connected that want that's compassionate okay that, that would be triggering for men like you're tuned into your heart so then yeah like for a lot of men like oh my god no fucking way okay just like can we go on that yeah 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 <laughs> and I get that but that's well that's the first hurdle if that's triggering you yeah then like I mean, look, I'll be, I'll be black and white. Like, so you're, if you, if you're, if you're tuned into your ego, you're going to live a life that ticks a lot of boxes, but you're never going to win the game. It's mm. going to be a constant. Your ego is never satisfied. It's one of the functions of yeah. the ego. More, more, more. Chase. Like, I want more validation. Yeah. Like, it's you're never going to complete it. So if you're in a space of like, I seem to be getting a lot, but I don't ever quite feel satisfied. 
probably because you're chasing all the things your ego wants. Your yeah. heart is very present, very in tune. It's very, um, uh, it, it's, 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 like it's love I know that's yeah. a cliche and I know that's triggering for men yeah but like that's what it's about and we as as men need to perhaps take a step back and say like am I living a life that really like fulfills me mm. or am I living a life that seems to tick a lot of boxes and press other people but doesn't really fill me up internally and I want to also add to it because I was saying this before you're allowed to have the money and the cars yeah. And the amazing holidays. We're, we're here for all of that. But it's about being able to have that with like, like I, I want to say consciousness, but not like in a wanky way. But like it actually being like a soul filling, like body nourishing thing. Not like, oh, if I go on this holiday, then I'm good enough. Or if I drive this car, then I'm good enough. Or then I'm going to be happy. The holiday isn't going to make you happy. It's just like you're already happy in the holiday or the car is going to make you happier. Yeah. Like and it's going to, and it's actually going to fulfill you not on a surface level, but on like a deep level. Cause you've done it like consciously. Yeah. yeah. Like the way, and the way I see it is like, if you can break, like open your heart and you can fill yourself up and you can be in tune and aligned and fulfilled, like fundamentally love who you are and how you're showing up in life mm-hmm. and the impact you're having and the relationships you have just like, so, so fundamentally in simple language, I guess, sat on the sofa, nothing going on, yeah. no one around you, how do you feel about yourself and your life? Yeah. So you're not filled up by anything other than where you are right now. Yeah. How do you feel? If, you're, if you feel great about yourself and you love that space mm. and you're showing up in a great way and you're proud of who you are, I love the, 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 the term being proud of who you are, yeah. I think that's a great yeah. expression of self-love, yeah. if you're proud of who you are. Totally. If you're in that space then, Yeah, hey, I don't like the word self-love. No, yeah. It's, it's wanky these days. Yeah. It's like, oh, have a bath, therefore, there you go, self-love. self-love. It's like, yeah. no, it's not. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a whole different story. We'll yeah. get, get into that, I'm sure, at some point. But um, um, where was I, what was I saying? Oh, um, you were saying, I was thinking respecting, you were thinking proud of yourself. Yeah. And um, yeah, so if you can fill yourself up, so you can, if you can start from a place on the sofa, you feel proud of who you yeah. are deeply, like being honest with yourself, not about what anyone else thinks of you, like deeply, you're in tune, you're aligned, you're proud of how you're showing up. Then... Like great, go and add. Mm. Like go and you, you like you're you're free to go and like get a car, have fun, play. Yeah. But you're not reliant on it. You don't need mm. it to feel great. No, you're that, already yeah. feeling great. Yeah. Whereas the dangerous space to be is like you feel empty. You're sat on the sofa. You're like shit. I can't sit in this space. It feels horrible. I feel mm. empty. I don't feel alive. I feel uninspired. I don't feel on purpose. Yeah. I got to get out of here and go do something that makes me feel alive. I'm going to the party and I take some some of this. And I feel like those things also. It's like a quick high. Quick like you, you drive the car and you feel like on top of the world when you're driving the car and then as soon as you're out of the car, it's like that drop where you feel really high when you're life at the party and then when you go home and you have a Saturday by yourself, you feel depressed. Empty. Yeah. Uninspired. Yeah, which is not the vibe that no, you want to be because in. because when you're in that space, you're going to chase the... The, the, the next thing. As really quickly you'll need yeah. it because especially in the society we live in... It's addiction. It says, it's addiction. It's exactly what we're describing. It's addiction. Yeah. And like all of us are addicted in some capacity. Yeah. Like addiction is not just drugs and alcohol or whatever yeah. else. It's like we, we, we all go craving fixes. Like I don't want to sit in space. Society says we're meant to be happy. Like if we're sitting sad on the sofa because nothing's going on yeah. and we're like, get me out of this hole. This is horrendous. I don't want to be here. I yeah. need to be at that party and then back on Instagram, check me out. I'm alive again. Mm. And now we feel good and our oh, life's all right again now. Totally. So I need to do more of that shit. That's what makes me happy. What would you say to dudes at the moment? Cause I'm going to release this podcast soon. Um, like with Corona. And I know that like for a lot of us, we're like coming out of lockdown, but 
I mean, it's pretty likely we're going to go back into lockdown if you look at the way things are going. With all these people gallivanting around traveling and, you know. (laughs) Says me, who's just come back from South of France. Um, No, but I mean, you know what I mean. Anyway, um, so what would you say to guys at the moment that are really struggling? Because a lot of men, just the average guy, not into this work at all, he is fine pre-corona and he was fine in the first couple of weeks and then like hitting lows that he never thought he would hit. We're talking like suicide lows, like mm. I don't want to get out of bed, like mm. going to bed at 7 p.m. because they don't want to sit around and do nothing. Like, Yeah. yeah. Well, listen. Um, and I feel like sometimes guys have it tougher in this aspect in terms of like emotions, like for if I'm having a rough day with Corona or whatever and feeling low, like there's no shame in calling my friends and a lot of women will feel the same of like, not every woman, but a lot of women will feel the same of like, they can phone somebody or share, like I'm actually kind of having a shit day. Not every woman, but a lot can. Whereas I feel like with men, it's always like, I have to be tough. And even like, I'll ask a dude, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? It's always like back on me. And I'm like, no, no, actually, how are you? And then I'll be like, I'm actually like fucking terrible. And most men wouldn't say that unless I like provoked them to and kind of made them. (laughs) No, totally. You're completely right. Um, Like my massive message for me around all this stuff is like, I don't have any blame for any man who's who's struggling. Mm. Like we're talking about all this stuff. Yeah. And then if someone's sitting there going, God, do you know what? I'm that guy. Like, I need to go to the party. And yeah. like, it's the That's car. Okay. It's the job. It's, you, like, society has showed you yeah. that you're smashing it. Like, yeah. you're just playing the game that society tells you. But also, you. like, you're listening to this. So, like, you are, like, like, thank you for listening. Like, if you're listening to this and that is, and you are that dude. Showing up. You're showing up. Yeah. Like, so you should, even if you only listen to this episode and that's it and you think about it for the next year. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a start. Yeah. It is. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but, like... You are like society. Like, if we see life as a game, you know, I remember very, the youngest age I was at school. My very kind of first memory of someone said, like, "What do you need to achieve for, to have a good life?" It would mm. be like, "Give me some good grades, give me a good job, give me a house, nice yeah. wife, kids, two point four children, whatever." Yeah. Bingo. Like when I'm forty, if I've got that, that is the dream. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm after. Like yeah. with some fun with some mates along the way and some holidays yeah. and that stuff. And, like, we go all in and we try and chase that. And then, like, you know, suicide rates are so much higher in the 40s. And it's, yeah, like, so okay. often men that we've achieved it. Well, Everything men's that we suicide ever rates thought. are higher. Yeah. Like, like, it's concerning. But this is, like, and I think so often they've just completed the game that they've been, like, seeking from the very earliest age they've ever known. Mm-hmm. And they're looking around. And then in that space, you're like, I've got everything that I ever wanted. Yeah. And I feel like this. What the hell? And then you start doing shit that you never thought you wanted to do. You perhaps have an affair. You become addicted. You're trying to desperately get all these highs because you don't want to feel the emptiness that you are feeling. Suddenly you hate the person that you've become. You thought you'd never be that. Like, that's not a good space to be in. Yeah. So, like, I can easily see... And if you are in that space, it's okay. It's okay. Like, the amount of time I say to women, like, when boyfriends have cheated or husbands have cheated like I feel like even for women in society like just going on the cheating thing for a second if someone's cheated like how the fuck can you be with him still like x y and z and it's like I think no also people don't realize that like for some men not all they cheat and they don't even realize they're kind of doing it they're so lost in the and my clients have literally said to me like female clients um, I asked him why he did it and he literally doesn't know. Like he does, he barely even remembers doing it. It's like, it was just like a blackout kind of moment as it happened. And I think a lot of women don't even trust 
him when he says that. It's like, oh, what a fucking dickhead. But like a lot of men are struggling and we just put an assumption that like men are fine, like suck it up kind of thing. And it's so not like that. Yeah. It's, like it's, it's so not like that. It's not. And like I, as a, the key for this, like for me, is like mm. there is no blame and there is no shame. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't admit to it and we don't want to talk about it because there's shame there saying... Like, what the hell have I got to moan about? Yeah. I'm doing all this. It's much better for me to keep presenting this facade and keep playing the game that how everyone's perceiving me, that it's all great. I, I, I can kid this. I can blag it all the way through, but despite how I actually feel, I can blag it, and that will just about keep me afloat. Mm. As long as everyone else thinks like, life's great for me, that gives me something. That is such a common one of, like, I don't have enough problems. Like, I've got nothing to complain yeah. about. Yeah. And, like, because nothing's wrong, like, I've got no... I've got, like, I, I've got no right to complain. Mm. And I always say, I've said the story, I've said this, I've said the story before, but I'm going to say it again. Um, when I had my ski accident, I was sitting in the lobby of um, the Hyatt and Beaver Creek and my whole family was skiing. And I was only just able to um, go like 10 meters on crutches very, very hard. Um, anyway, and I was trying to get out of my wheelchair to go to the bathroom. And this Australian woman actually came up to me and was like, hey, can I help you get to the bathroom? And I was like, yes, please. So she took, me, she took me to the toilet and then we came back and I sat down with her and we were just talking and I was like telling her what happened and blah, blah, blah. And then I asked her about her family and her husband had, I don't think it was MS, but it was something where basically he's slowly dying. Mm. And she's got two young boys and they were out skiing. And I said to her, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I have no right to complain about my leg right now. And she said to me, she's like, are you kidding? You have every right to complain because you've had a change in your reality and you're not happy right now. And that is stuck with me like forever. I say to all my clients, you have every right to complain. No, you may not have cancer. You're not dying, but it does not mean that your, that your issues aren't valid because they're not as bad as somebody else's. And I feel like so many of us hold us back, hold ourselves back from getting help because we're like, I don't have enough problems or I haven't had enough trauma. Um, mm. and it's like, and I used to believe like I didn't have enough trauma to have anything wrong with me. It was to get help, but it's like, actually we all have shit. Like Absolutely. even if it's small compared to, you know, Joe down the street, you still are allowed to work on it. You're, still, you're actually still allowed to want more for yourself. It doesn't make you selfish. I entirely agree. Yeah. Something small can impact someone in a heavy way, even if having a great life. Yeah. You know that? Like, exactly. T- like we cannot deny that. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. And I, um, I've got a podcast and the co-host Matt he, he, he said like he went through very close to suicide to try and taking his own life and yeah. he said like one of the big challenges he had was that he had so much to be grateful for and he hated himself for the fact that he felt how he did when mm. he had what he wanted and that was like a massive driver in this downward spiral he's like yeah. you're a grateful dick what's going on how can you feel like this when you've got all that yeah you know and it's that just beat you just beat yourself up even more totally like um so I'm, I'm with you all the way and like this is again like like really there is no blame there's no shame in how in how you feel like yeah no problem is is not a problem like we're all in this yeah space where we have bad days how do you feel like life's changed for you since doing this work i feel like um i've come alive like uh-huh. on the inside how do you feel now compared to how you used to feel i felt like just I, was, I felt like I was going through the motions of life in the past mm-hmm. like I was just on a treadmill autopilot mode yeah I was like I always used to come back to the question like is this is this it is this yeah. really it is this all like is this all what I was meant to do okay and now I feel like alive and energized yeah. and just um excited and like internally yeah 
like on the inside. Mm. Like probably it's almost been a flip because back in the day, I remember when I first came to London and I, I lived with a, a guy I didn't actually know very well at the time. Yeah. And, and I remember him like looking at my life going, Ben, you're living the dream. And I remember thinking, shit, if I'm living the dream, I'd hate to not live the dream because this feels okay. pretty empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. like everyone was perceiving it as living the dream. Yeah. Whereas now, like life is pretty low key, and like I don't yeah. need much much stuff to, yeah. to to. So people would be like, oh, you know, quite boring, or like people yeah. definitely in my old uh, like previous lives would be like, like I don't know what's happened to Ben. He's not <laughs> doing any of his stuff. Whereas I feel like great and yeah. like very content okay. and aligned. Yeah. And like we're the ones who have to live with how we feel. Totally. So I don't really care how everyone else perceives my life. I want to live feeling good and yeah. it's like so it's the opposite in both effects if you like from my 20s into my 30s yeah so um it's weird okay so in terms of the masculinity stuff mm. um what was like the old masculine you and like your perceptions of masculinity versus like now like the perceptions were pretty clear strong tough unemotional um brave, courageous, all the stereotypical, like for me, it was like, be good at sport, like athletic, like look, get the girls, Mm -hmm. you know, I hate saying this, but like as a guy at school, it was cooler to be the bully than to be bullied, Mm -hmm. you know, not that I was a bully, but that was, I almost wanted to be the bully, I almost wanted to be cool enough to be be that, Um, it was all that, you know, I always, I saw Arnie and I saw Sylvester Stallone and I saw Terminator and um, Rambo and all that kind of stuff and like these were guys who were just um, are they like bodybuilders yeah okay. like they were just like like real men big okay. strong all the women wanted yeah. them they didn't really care they never they didn't they didn't they did show emotion but always the kind of the right emotion it was mm. lust and it was anger and it was mm. strength they didn't show depth of like vulnerable love yeah like of surrendering to the, yeah. to the feminine or any yeah. of that stuff so like that was my perception. I had two older brothers who were on that, that that path and that was what I saw and I wanted to be them and like it was all that and I just went all in on that. And that was like my mum's a nurse and she's kind and sensitive and soft and loving and gentle. Mm. And I definitely had a lot of her energy. Yeah. I absolutely if anyone saw that in me as a child, I was like, I am gonna be rinsed as a guy. Yeah. That is okay. not what I meant to be. Interesting. So I went all in on that. Okay. So yeah. what about your dad? My dad, um, because generally they're the perception of the masculine for a little boy. Yes, yeah, so my dad is like like very um, like very kind, like a lovely man, but completely out of touch with his emotions. I don't mm-hmm. like saying that because I don't want to sound like I'm disrespecting him. I don't. There's no disrespect and no blame. Don't worry, on people him. don't twist my stuff most of the time. <laughs> don't twist words, people. Yeah, like dad is great and incredible. Like he is loving. Yeah. But he doesn't, he's not necessarily the most emotional. Oh, yeah, I get that. And that's the same as my dad. Yeah. Yeah. So he shows love. Like, he loves me, but... Exactly. But, like... He wouldn't know how to show it. He doesn't know how to show it very well. I've I've learnt to know when he shows love. So, like, now I know when he's helping me with business stuff, that's him, like, I love you. And he'll tell my mum how much it means to him, and then mum will pass it on to me. Yeah. So I've learnt that over time, but it took me a long time to realise that was his way of feeling comfortable in showing support and love and X, Y, Z. He doesn't really, he doesn't really get everything that I do until I ask him businessy questions or I give him numbers and then he will understand it. And that's not him not being proud of me. He's so proud of me. It's just that like his brain works differently to me. Whereas mum won't respond as much to numbers, but she, cause she understands my job when I tell her like, 
you know, other things about the business, she'll light up over that. Beautiful. Yeah. Like when a client gets pregnant or something like yeah, that. Yeah, correct. And mum will be, like, be like, oh my God. Whereas course. dad's like, cool. Yeah. How much they pay you? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Totally. And like we're talking about the masculine and feminine energies yeah. here, right? And, yeah. and generally in the world that we live in, like we're defined by the masculine. Yeah. Like what action totally. can take and what, what's measurable. Yeah. You can't measure feelings. You can't, like, it's, it's not possible to really to be able to see how much love or gratitude or compassion or anything you yeah. have inside of you, what energy you're living within you. Yeah. But I can see what house you're living in and what car you're driving. Yeah. So like most people go, do you know what? I'm going to go with the measurable stuff because yeah. that's how I can be defined mm. easily. Yeah. You know, so we like, we're driven in a masculine yeah. focused world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, masculine energy. Um, so, yeah, like my, like my dad was like, lived that way. Like, and for him, it's like, you know, it's, like he would be like, he's not bothered really. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he's not really bothered about like my purpose and what impact I'm having. He okay. wants to know that I'm earning money and I'm yeah. safe and like, yeah. you know, all that. And that's stuff. a lot of dads and a, a lot of dads, I say this to clients that are like female clients. Um, sometimes they feel like their dads aren't supportive of like their dream. If it's not like, you know, a lawyer or something yeah. and it's not, they're not supportive. Cause it, like I got this in the beginning of my job and dad wasn't ever not supportive. It was just that he was concerned of like, they want us to be safe, have plenty of money, be supported. So it's like, have a backup plan, do the business degree X, Y, and Z, because then you got like money to fall back on. And it's for a lot of clients and for me as well I'll admit even like once dad knew how much money I was making then he was like oh she's good do you know what I mean and it wasn't that of he didn't course. support me but that and that's I don't even feel like that's a bad thing necessarily for from dads of like a wounded thing but it's actually just a protective thing of, of like they want to know their kids are safe and Security. that's again that's their way of showing love like they care about totally. us if they didn't care they wouldn't give a shit what you did no. Well, they wouldn't even care how much money you made or what job you had or anything, whether it was a lawyer or a garbage truck driver. Yeah. Well, like, like being safe matters, yeah. right? Like, you know, you can, if you're not safe, that's then you haven't got a life to live. No. Like, so it does matter that yeah. we are safe. Totally. It, it's just if we go all in on a very safe life that ticks all the boxes and we're completely out of sync with love. Then it's and, not even really safety. No, that's, well, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's. It's safe according to society, but it's you're dead inside. Totally. And what's really funny is that, and we've kind of even been seeing this with Corona, people have the illusion that X job is secure, is safe, and this will provide security in X, Y, and Z. Mm. And I think a lot of world, a lot of people's worlds have actually been shaken because the mm. reality is, you working corporate doesn't fucking mean that your job is safe. Like I almost feel like sometimes you working for yourself almost has more safety because like you are the driving force and you can change and you're responsible for yourself. And that almost provides more safety because you're in the driver's seat. Mm. You're not working for a big corporate company that could be at the drop, at the drop of a hat, be like, Oh nope, you're fired. Like Corona, we can't afford to pay you anymore because that's not security. Yeah. True. You know, totally. And I think through Corona, we've also, realize that we're less defined by you know the holidays that we go on totally all stuff because no everyone's suddenly no one's going anywhere yeah everyone's like, realized their shit yeah it's like we're, all we've got to live with really is how we feel on the inside totally so like uh okay like, yeah. how does that feel yeah so um okay so let's talk so in terms of relationships how do you feel like relationships were when you were like pre doing this work masculine versus now and like even your perception of the feminine and now doing the work. Yeah, so I, I, 
I don't like talking. I don't like. I met some beautiful girls, some amazing yeah. girls with amazing hearts in my twenties, mm. and n- nothing I'm saying now is disrespectful to them. Yeah. It's all my shit. This yeah. is what I brought to the table. Yeah, yeah. But the relationships that I had in my twenties were basic. Yeah. Um, because I didn't allow for anything more. Yeah. Like it was holding hands. It was like really exciting at the beginning because yeah. I was attracted and it was like great and there was excitement and yeah. it was novelty and it was new and it was, you know, lust like mm. which I you guys loves lust and mm. new and exciting, great. Um, Can you quickly explain for everyone the difference between lust in terms of your perception and not even love, but just there's something more. Lust like is, I don't just want to fuck this chick. Yeah, well, lust will, will is pretty short term. Okay, right? lust can come and go pretty mm-hmm. quick. Like you can feel lust and then you experience lust and then lust is gone. Yeah, like it's gone. Love is like an entirely like it can grow, it can develop, it can get deeper and stronger and stronger, and yeah. it stays with you. You might have an argument or something, but you're still deeply in love. Yeah, you know. Whereas if, if it's just love and you have sorry, just lust, you have an argument. It's like screw this. Like, yeah, that, we're, there's yeah. nothing now. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it was all lust and like they were lovely people that I met, and like I was like, you were just an amazing human. But I didn't have the capability to get deeply connected with them. I okay. didn't let them see me in my language. Like, I just, we just tick boxes. What did that feel like when you were, so like men know, like, oh shit, this is me, if they don't know. What did it feel like when you were kind of hitting that point where you're like, oh, like she's pretty to look at, Mm. but like there's something, like what did it feel like in your body? If you can kind of describe it. For me, it was like, it was, it was, it was an emptiness. It was like a, like, I'm sure I should feel more. Like this is kind of like, like clearly she, I was, I would always come to the point where I'm like, clearly she's not the right woman because... I'm not feeling enough fish. It's just okay. not, it's just not quite right. Okay. You know, so yeah. it would be her. But it's like well, I met a lot of women and none of them were right. It's like yep. I'm the common denominator here. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it was just a bit of emptiness and a bit of like, like as I say, lust runs dry. Yeah. And it was it was just running dry. And I was like, okay. Yeah. That's it. Like, uh, and like that. It's quite a torturous place to be because I've become connected in a form of love in that I cared so much for them they were beautiful people and mm. we became really tight best friends like hanging out all the time and stuff yeah but I didn't have this blissful like emotion of like wow I am just like fucking, like this is powerful yeah. what we've got like yeah. I am into this yeah never had that yeah okay and as I say that's not disrespectful to people that was of course, I never yeah, allowed yeah. it yeah totally and then what about now so now well, I'm, I'm single different? and I can't wait to I haven't had a relationship since really like getting to the depth of this okay. I've been single for the last three years the one before that we started to go there but it wasn't quite we didn't quite get to that level yeah but um, even you in that relationship how was it different um, does that make sense yeah like there, well, there, there was more depth there was more conversation there was yep. more allowing there was more vulnerability so like I would talk more about actually how I felt like yeah and it's not just that, and I'm conscious with men, it's like, but I don't want to talk about how I feel. Yeah. It's not like every second and every day we're just sitting there talking about how we feel. Like, it's just having the capability of at times, in amongst the banter and playful and taking the piss yeah. out of her and having a laugh, yeah. at times being able to stop, soften, yeah. and like actually be able to say, this is, and that could be good or bad. It's like, yeah. just, this is just how I feel. When, like, my experience changed really fundamentally. This is a key part, like... When I went on, and I hate even using this word, especially to men, but I went on retreats, or, mm. or I, I'd rather call them like mindset courses, yeah. if you like, because that's more yeah. masculine, right? Yeah, yeah, Especially men, what man wants to retreat? Yeah. They want to take action. So, but on those things, I would show up there, look around, go, no one's my cup of tea here. Don't, they look weird. What are they wearing? Yeah. Don't like them. Before I'd even had a word, said a yeah. word to them. Yeah. Then they would, through the course of the week or the weekend or whatever, some people would be invited to stand up and share like some, some things 
that they were feeling, some of yeah. the depth. Suddenly, like, people would share things in front of me, and I'd be like, whoa. Like, mm. I know we don't look the same. I know we've got different interests and we're entirely different people, but Jesus Christ, I've got a newfound respect for you. Yeah. You are amazing, and I suddenly understand why you behave like you do. Okay. And, like, you are an incredible person. And suddenly, I was creating these bonds with these strange people that I didn't think I'd ever be interested in. And now I was like, wow. And like, I was like, I feel more connected to you than my friends who I've known for 20 years, but we've mm. just taken the piss out of for mm. 20 years. And mm. it's kind of great. I don't really know them. Like, I kind of feel like I do you yeah. after this week. And then I was like, I want that in my life. Like, I don't just want these new experiences. I want us to like, if I want to experience that, I'm going to have to start embracing this. I'm going to have to start letting people see the depths of me, what's going on inside of me. What are my fears? What am I scared of showing? Like, what do I feel? Like, and that's joy and pain. Like, all of me, like let people see that and not be scared of how they're going to judge me if they judge me in a certain way that's fine like we're not that's that's okay we're yeah. different people but if you if i let you really see the depths of me and then you sit in that space and you allow that and we can talk it's like now we know each other at a deeper place like mm. you really now i'm more free it's like i don't have to hide anything from yeah. you yeah you're getting to see me all of me and you thought i was this and now you know i'm something like different to that or and you're still here and I'm free to express that side of me too totally like now we're getting somewhere yeah okay. does that make sense yeah what about so it's okay so I was just thinking so for the average dude that's like okay like I kind of want to do this but also um I don't want my friends to think that I'm weird yeah. like what would you say to the average guy in terms of just like how it's I basically want you to like sell it to them of like yeah. why is this so good to do and um yeah, if they're afraid of, like, their friends being like, what the fuck, dude, why are you doing that? Well, that, that's, yeah. to be honest, like, like, like that's just your ego, for starters. Yeah. You're just, kept, like, concerned for what other people's yeah. opinions are for you. So, like, that's the first hurdle. Like, start mm-hmm. being more concerned with your own relationship with yourself. Yeah. Start being more committed to who you are than what people think of you. Mm-hmm. And then say, hey, I'm going to go and experience this. You don't even need to tell your mates. Go and do it. Like, just, yeah. like, disappear for a weekend and yeah. go and do this. Yeah. You'll have an amazing weekend in a way that you don't envisage. Yeah. Like, I've never really done these things where people go, no, it's awful. Rarely. Maybe. Yeah. Someone's yeah. just totally not ready and they're forced into it. I feel like a really good one to go to, actually, in the beginning, if you need to, is, like, any Tony Robbins seminars. Yeah. Like, they're such... There's actually majority men not women in them really? yeah it's crazy um i went to upw like 2017 18 and um like i would say that like two-thirds of the room was men one-third women like there was That's a good. lot of men really good i would say like even he's a good because he is very masculine yeah, he totally. comes up he's like oh my god yeah, yeah. um and i would say that he's a good place to he's even start place. if you need to he's a great place i did a men's yeah. retreat that i'm going to start working and start being facilitator on okay. um uh with it. the guy who runs it as an ex-rugby player oh cool he's heavily involved in rugby he was a coach on the british lines was yeah. kind of the pinnacle of international rugby in, in mm. rugby union in this country that's and, sexy like yeah it's amazing but it just it gave me i was like okay i, I this guy's gonna get me yeah. He's going to know what I'm about yeah. and it's yeah. not going to be too airy-fairy mm. because... Oh, we don't do airy-fairy you know, here. No, like, no. you know? Yeah. So that gave me... And then, it, to be honest, it probably was airy-fairy in theory. Like, some okay. of the shit, you know, we would do okay. eye-gazing and we would do stuff that... Oh, theory, that would freak men out. Yeah, but, like, it did. But <laughs> it like, freaks women out when I do it with them. I'm like, okay, we're all going to gaze each other for, like, half an hour and they're like, what the fuck? But in the beginning of it... It's like, it can be a bit weird in the beginning, even for women. And then like, I would say literally a minute in, you see someone's whole world through their eyes. Like 
I get visions of like the other person, like their their past and what's it's it's actually fucking crazy. You start to see I beneath the surface. Don't oh, you? it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's, it's powerful, and it's like yeah. if if that's gonna freak you out. Go and do it. Yeah. Like that's, this is, there's the itch. See it as a challenge. Like get your masculine energy. See it as a fucking challenge of like, I'm going to go and conquer this thing. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, but just like for for me, like if I was going to kind of sell it, I'd say, listen, like you got to be honest with how you feel Mm. yourself. Like you live with that stuff. If you think there's any room for improvement, you owe it to yourself to just go and experience. Totally. And you might do something and it might not work. Yeah. You might do something else and it might not work. You might do something else and it might give you lots more. Yeah. If you can enrich your life, like this is a game we're playing, this life. Unless you are absolutely convinced that your life is perfect and you there is no room for growth, yeah. which obviously I challenge, yeah. then great, like you have no work to do. If you if but, you think that you're that your life's perfect, then you're in your ego. Uh, completely. Because your life's like, it's fun to grow. Like, why do you not want more for yourself? Totally. And actually, that's really interesting because uh, this is kind of a conflict. There are a lot of conflicts in this space, right? We, we said before, our ego wants more, more, more. Yeah. And now, we're, and now like... But our, my soul our, also wants our, more. But our, no, yeah. I, I differentiate it. Our soul wants growth. Right. Our soul, like our soul expansion. expansion. So when I say more, it's not exactly. surface level more. It's like, and I it's, want more love, more happiness, more celebration, more experience to be a better person yeah like tomorrow to be growing like because if you're growing tomorrow like what can you become in a year that's exciting yeah like you're that's, on a journey I know it's crazy whereas if you're like I want more possessions more stuff it's like yeah. that game never ends like yeah. you're never gonna I mean I'm happy just... with more handbags but, <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying if, you, if, if you're happy with who you are then go and grab your handbags but if you're reliant on those handbags then yeah. you've got a problem you know don't worry I'm not relying on them all the time <laughs> just sometimes okay so um, anything that you like feel like is really important to share with men that are some game changer things for your clients um and then also for you oh and good book recommendations so what's your podcast called the naked professors so, so like our last our last series were focused on um conversations with men and like yep. often like i don't know, I use the term but alpha men like yep. who stereotypically cool. you wouldn't think yeah like would open up and we try yep. to go onto the surface and yep. show like Men have hearts. Like, I love the story yeah. of, of a, a good friend of mine, a guy called Michael Maisie, who he's amazing because, where do I start with him? Age 15, he was arrested for armed robbery. He was in and out of prison for all sorts of stuff, including attempted murder. Bad persons. Like, society said bad. I'm mm. not condoning what he did, by the way. Um, but we look at, he was the fact that he was born into an, uh, a family. His mum was an alcoholic and mm-hmm. his dad was um, uh, a heroin addict. Okay. At four, he was sexually abused by his uncle. Right. At five, the world was a dangerous, dark place and he could either sit in that shithole or he could fight his way to get totally. to, to the top. Now, I'm not condoning what he did at 15, but you're starting to understand the, yeah. the space that he sat in. No, like in. rule one and one with, with coaching and with human psychology is everyone's... What everyone is doing, they think they're doing for the right reason. Absolutely. Even if it's attempted murder, I literally say this to my students, like even if your client, which probably wouldn't happen, has literally murdered somebody, there is somewhere in their brain where they think they were doing the right thing. Yeah. No human, unless they have like a, literally like a chemical imbalance in their brain, no human is actually looking to do the wrong thing. It's not a thing. No. There's good reason behind everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's also like even Tony Robbins has significance. I think he uses the example of like even um, the people that uh, like did um, 9-11 or whatever, there is significance to them because they have made an impact in all those people's lives and that to them, human needs significance ticked. Like, oh yeah, but more than that as well. They thought that they were absolutely inside of them. They thought they were doing the right thing. thing. Totally, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 
like this is what this is what happens to us like mm. we have experiences that lead us to think we must behave in this way yeah and that can be out of alignment of our heart but because so, this is our ego driving yeah. our behavior our yeah. ego's seen these behaviors they've seen these things saying we've got to do this yeah. so we can strip away like my journey fundamentally is about removing my ego so yeah going back to michael mazy like he was conditioned so I, I don't think there is such a thing as toxic masculinity mm. i think that there is conditioning that leads us to behave in toxic ways yeah and so michael was in a hole in a place mm. where he couldn't trust anyone even the people closest to him yeah at 15 that that manifested as someone who's like i need to go and do some shit to make myself as safe as possible i need to be top of this tree yeah because otherwise life hurts yeah of course it was his drive safety now he's won um uh, awards from the police for the rehabilitation he does with prisoners he runs men's retreats like wow. he's written a book about his journey he's so wholehearted he's full of love he's got two beautiful daughters who yeah. he's just an amazing dad to yeah and like he's just so wholehearted his heart was always the same always yeah. always the same mm. but his conditioning had led him to behave in a certain way so that's like if i talk about not blaming any men like he is a prime example yeah. like I don't blame him for how he behaved no. I've done a talk in prison where like I've st- we stood there and I've seen the, 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 the men they've looked at me it's been challenging they've been aggressive mm. we've spoken we've got through it we've got to a point where I, at the end of it I saw every one of this sounds cheesy but every single one of the prisoners hearts they looked at me and they thanked me because yeah. I gave them space I allowed them to, to, to just be I'm not blaming them I'm not defining them by their behaviour I'm not yeah. making them bad people I understand that we've been through challenges that have led us to this place. And what, like, I really believe that. Like, one of the stats I used in the prison, which was dodgy, but um, 75% on on estimate of people who are sexually abused end up being sexual abusers. Mm. Like, we define people who have carried out sexual abuse as bad people. Well, it also becomes a trauma bond. Well, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, this is is how it it goes. Why why are they doing that behavior? Not because they just go, do you know what? I think this would be a great idea. (laughs) It's come from somewhere. Yeah. So, like, if we can look beyond people's behavior and start to understand why they're behaving that way, we can release blame. And if we release blame, people can release their own shame, start owning it. At the end of the day, everyone's doing the best that they can. Absolutely. And I feel, uh, yeah, people just need to, like, look at people with, like, kind of hearts. We were saying this at the beginning of, like, people are just, like, too judgmental these days. And they jump to conclusions. They make assumptions. And actually, the key thing of of what's happening in the world right now is people making fucking assumptions. And it's causing so many problems of just, like, you don't know. Unless you know someone personally, you cannot make an assumption about somebody based on what you see on social media, based on what you see in the news, because you actually don't fucking know. So shut your gob. Yeah. The end. <laughs> um, okay. No, and what, what are your what are your favorite books? I mean, I'm obsessed with Brené Brown. Okay. Um, every one of Brené Brown's books, because like for me, a massive part of this journey has been about embracing vulnerability. Yeah. Like vulnerability to own my truth. Mm-hmm. Um, then I guess on a more spiritual level, um, ego. Um, Eckhart Tolle is amazing for ego. Oh yeah. So yep. like he really explains it, goes deep into that stuff. But what about dude books. Like, like that, that would be okay to read on the train, you know? Um, Have you read Masks of Masculinity by yeah, Lewis Howes? Yeah, I, I, uh, which is good. Um, I feel like it's a beginner's book, yeah, but it's good. Say, it's a, like, it's, but, but it's it could be really good for, yeah, for you good if, you're, if you're a dude and it's a good entry level. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure. It's like Tony like, Robbins's as well. I haven't read any Tony Robbins's. I really like him. He's yeah, he's it. just like they're very like masculine dude books. Like yeah. I don't recommend his style to women because it's very, very masculine. Yeah. But it's yeah. good for men. There's a book. I've never actually read it. I've got it. But there's a book called Fuck It. 
Oh yeah, I always hated that book. Did you? you yeah, read it. I read it actually when I had a ski accident, oh, really? and I read it in a day. And it was there was like the beginning of it. I was like, oh yeah, there's some like good points here. Okay. And then it was just so dry and so boring, and it's won like oh. awards. And I'm like, I don't know whether I'm reading the wrong fucking book, which I'm not. But um, I was so bored in it. And but really? maybe maybe it was because I'm already a very fuck it person, so I thought it was like the most common sense things. Okay. And maybe for other people, it's like you know genius, like it's amazing. But I don't. I didn't think it was a good book. There is actually a good book that I recommended to a, a client's husband the other night that I had dinner with. And um, I'm reading it at the moment. Very, very basic, but very good intro level called The Masculine in Relationship. Very basic, like easy fucking read for me, mm. but would be a really good starter, I feel like, for a lot of men. Mm. Yeah, because Eckhart Tolle's not a starter. No. I think Brené Brown could be a, a good good starter yeah i feel like some of her i mean even just watching a documentary could be a good starter to be honest yeah, yeah, i feel like some of her books can be a little bit more on the you got to be really intrigued by it yeah. to get through it but um that could be like a level two book yeah and then yeah, yeah. and then like tony robbins and maybe lewis house and the masculine relationship book would be like a level one yeah and so podcasts good. so your podcast would also be a good option to just listen to whilst you're in your sexy car driving around. I hope so. It's just yeah. like guys talking, but like willing to go beneath the surface. Yeah, like, which is good. It's not like it's boring stuff. It's like chatty, which is yeah. more entertaining. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't go too deep or too. Yeah. We try. It, it's relatable. Yeah. Like that. My mission is to be relatable. Yeah. Because I want to talk to the guy I was in my twenties. Yeah. And I, like if I was shut off as soon as some people went mm. to some places, like, like that is just not me. So don't. Yeah. Let's just not even bother. Yeah. You know. So, like, this is, for me, this is fascinating and interesting. It's human psychology, human behavior. Like, what's more interesting? Learning to I get, know, to get more so awesome. around yourself. Yeah. Like, it's great. Yeah. The so, human brain is, and body is, like, fucking incredible. Yeah. I'm obsessed, yeah, obviously. Totally there, there is one book um, I've just started. Um, the Body Keeps the Score. Oh, yeah, the trauma book. The trauma book, yeah. yeah. I would say that's a good book. Later on. Later on, yeah, if you're yeah. interested in, like... A bit more. Um, like, trauma stuff, but it's more, like... But awareness, it, like it brings awareness it, to like how trauma stored in the body. It can, I'm just, I haven't got through it yet, but I'm sure it can help you remove blame on yourself. Definitely. Oh, um, which is a massive problem for me. Yeah. Oh, totally. There's an episode that I did on shame and guilt that I would listen to, and maybe you have one. Do you po- have what one? podcast you did? I've I've done one on, on shame and guilt awesome. and how to remove that from men. Do you have any? Do you th- know? I don't know if we have really. Ours generally we don't tend to have a, a topic. We tend to just sort of sit there and talk. I don't okay. know. I'm sure they probably have. We have. Okay. touched on it but I wouldn't know where to okay well it. you can people can have a google um, yeah, yeah. there is a book I would ask for me our podcast I would invite people to listen to our podcast with a guy called Jim Hamilton who is okay. 6 foot 8 6 foot 10 international six rugby foot player 6 foot 10 massive tattoos holy yeah. shit he was like the enforcer on on, um, on the rugby field he was the one who was fighting his dad that is so tall how does he fit into a fucking yeah, house huge. yeah yeah <laughs> he doesn't well he does my I mean, brother's 6 his... 8 and he is so tall like yeah, yeah. 6 8 I'm 6 6 so it's... yeah okay well, he's huge but his, his job was to be the aggressive enforcer yeah and he, he I heard him talk on a rugby he does a rugby podcast himself which is okay. great um he talked about mental health and how he thinks more yeah. has been done. So I reached out and said, we'd love to talk to him. He came on, he was like, listen, I don't know much about mental health, but I'm keen to give it a crack. Yeah. And I'm like, great. Five minutes later, he was talking about how his dad was ex-special forces and how he thought from a young age the only way to get validation from his dad, which he desperately craved naturally, as any child does, mm. was to be fucking hard and mm. tough and strong. And that was his 
path but all along we just sat there in the space and he just showed us his heart mm. and it was the first time I get the sense that he really he's got a wife and kids I'm sure he does with them yeah but he would actually said he said it's a therapy for me to just be able to show myself yeah being in this masculine world he had to be this top not sorry not toxic but this yeah. tough guy totally. all the way especially especially military special forces that kind of stuff no emotion no, no like emotion is literally like stripped from them doesn't help like it's so bad it's actually it breaks my heart mm. when i see and like experience men like that where they're just so they just they don't even know that they're so out of their body or that they're so disconnected yeah. because that's how they've literally been trained and they have to for survival as well like they can't totally. they can't have this like fight between intuition and their brain it's like they, it doesn't work for them like they no. need to They've learned to survive in generally they've started off with like the war or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the military, they've, they've needed to survive that way. And it's scary. And for a lot of men, I was thinking to a client the other day, for a lot of men that have been in the military as well, there is so much shame and guilt around why did I survive and my buddies didn't. Mm. And they then don't feel like they're allowed to experience pleasure or they're allowed to experience a lot of happiness because it's like, mm. why am I still alive when my friend died? And mm. like, it's really heartbreaking. Like it's, really heartbreaking police force is not dissimilar as well I've, I've seen a lot of ex, like police yeah. retired and mm. like they've been so like in the police force a few years ago it wasn't like you'd experience some kind of major trauma go inside glass of whiskey okay yeah. you sort it out off you go yeah and you're like, like right, suck it up okay you, you're gonna bury your shit in that situation it's so bad so there's that there's one final thing I don't want to keep this too long but there's one final thing I'd love to share yeah. and that is um, in fact like two things in, talk, in terms of like what you're capable of being as a man, the the film Three Hundred, Leonardo, mm-hmm. have you seen that? No. Okay, so Three Hundred is about three hundred. I've seen like, Three Six Five. And that was <laughs> everyone, everyone needs to watch Three Six Five D and I. Go and watch it right now. <laughs> I don't think it's quite the same as one I've watched, but you've been talking about Three Six Five. But Three Hundred is Three Hundred Warriors, but in, like ancient ancient Greece. Yeah. And there was a there was a leader of that Three Hundred pack of men. Yeah. And. Um, and they fought like the Greeks and they won and they defended their space and it yeah. was like these heroes and they were all like the ultimate warriors. They were trained from young age to be the best athletes and the best warriors. Yeah. Leonidas was the leader. Every man would absolutely follow him into, into battle. He was mm-hmm. the absolute alpha leader, c- courage, bravery. He got home to his wife and like absolutely melted and surrendered and she mm. was his queen. And mm. he like, not in a soppy way, but he just was in awe of her spirit and her like femininity and what I'm so what I'm saying is like we've lost that as men Mm. like he showed us all of what he was capable of just because he was incredibly tough and strong courageous didn't like he didn't hold that as like that is who I am I need to be that all times he was like yeah I'm fucking that but I can also be this where I can celebrate and melt into yes, love. Yes, we're allowed the whole spectrum. Well, the whole spectrum. He was all yeah. of what he's capable mm-hmm. of being. We go all in. Women the same. Aspects. Women the same. Women we're the allowed same. all the four whole fucking spectrum. Absolutely. One minute you can be a fucking firecracker and the next you can be soft as fuck. Totally. That's great. It's all here. That's what you're we're all here for being. it. And yeah. one other example I want to share on that is is um, I come from a rugby background and South Sea Island rugby players, like the Fijians, the Tongans, yeah. Samoans, you watch them on the pitch and they're like as tough as they get and they are yeah. so like tough yeah. and like smashing each other yeah. and it's like, oh my God. And yeah. I remember growing up as a youngster seeing them and then thinking like, these guys are just machines off the field as well. Yeah. And, they come and they're like giggling and joking like little yeah. tiny little kids and they're so playful and soft yeah. and like loving and like hugging each other. 
And they're like, there's another example. And, and as Western guys, I think we look at them and go, they are so cool. I love mm. the way they can do that. Whereas we just think, no, no, if I'm tough, I have, that is who I am. I'm, yeah. You're not seeing any soft from me. Yeah. I'm going, that's, that's Well, I me. really feel like soft is weak. Like, totally. as in, like, that's, and even for women, that's wound into society of softness equals weakness. Yeah. And it's not. And, and weakness is bad. And all my listeners know, like, asking for help also isn't bad because that's just like, I don't want to fucking do my own toilet fixing. Yeah. I'm fucking doing that shit. Yeah. Totally. I'll ask for help with that. Yeah, 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 of course. Because, um, like, you can be strong and you can be soft. Yeah, you, you oh my God, yeah. You can be loving and you can well, be Well, I think there's strength in softness. Like, right, Renee Brown says this, is like, you can't be vulnerable without courage. It's literally impossible. Like, tr- the next time try to be vulnerable, you need so much fucking courage. And even drawing boundaries, like, you need so much courage to be vulnerable and so much courage to draw boundaries and, like, to speak your truth and... All that jazz. And that's if you yeah. go on that journey, you're gonna need this journey, you're gonna need mm. a whole lot of courage. Yeah, seriously. So thank you, Ben. No, it's my pleasure. Any last I things? What's your this. Instagram handle so everyone can it's um, follow you. it's the naked professor. Yep. Anything um, else that you nah, wanna share? That's pretty Podcast much it, is the naked professor. Naked professors. And do you have a website? Uh the naked professor dot me, I think it is. Dot me, okay. Cool. That's, what's dot me? Dunno, cheaper. love it thank you no worries thank you well i hope that episode was really valuable to you guys um so go follow ben if you want to connect with him or follow his stuff otherwise have an amazing weekend and i've got a good episode coming out tomorrow as well so make sure you um listen to that it's about getting your man to lead um and it's a good episode for men to listen to to kind of understand why we want a man to lead and just it's actually just really good education for men and kind of awareness um and then it's obviously a great episode for the ladies as well i will love you and leave you guys there and i will see you in paris well thank you so much for tuning in i hope that you got lots of chicken nuggets out of today's episode I would be really, really grateful if you'd be able to leave me a review and a star rating that you think is appropriate, hopefully five. And if you could share this podcast so that I can help more women live a life of flow and ease, I would be so fucking grateful. Make sure you tag me in it on Instagram so I can personally thank you because I know so many of my clients have found me literally because their friends have posted about my podcast on their Instagram story. And I just want to help as many women as possible. So by you sharing it, I would be so fucking grateful and I'm sure your friends would be too. If you do want to work with me, please do check out my website for all those details. And of course, you can DM me on Instagram with any other questions. If you have any podcast things you want me to talk about, any ideas, any feedback, I am always open to it and I always love hearing what you guys have to say. So please don't hesitate about that either. I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are. 